This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. We're continuing our Forward in Faith series today, and uh, I hope that y'all have enjoyed this. We've gotten some good feedback from folks, and of course, we're talking about the father of faith, and that's Abraham. So today we're going to kick off, we're going to go to Romans 4, but starting in verse 16 today, it says this, it says, so the promise is received by faith. It's given as a free gift, as we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith, like Abraham's, y'all, we're certain to receive it if we have faith, like Abraham's. Let's continue on. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. Verse 17. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham, believing that he would become the father of many nations, for God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Verse 20, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced, fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous, as righteous. Romans 4 is great. It's really dedicated to the faith of Abraham. You should read it whenever you have time this week. But we read these verses, and I want you to know today we're talking about moving forward in faith requires us to say amen. Moving forward in faith requires us to say amen. Have you all noticed that as believers, we say amen on a regular basis? Right? Amen. And in church, hopefully whenever I say something that you can bear witness with and you agree with, uh, we say amen whenever we pray, of course. We say amen whenever somebody else maybe prays, even if we're around the dinner table. And even if you're not the one praying, there's a good chance that you put an amen on top of whatever somebody else just prayed, right? And then there's even times whenever we say amen, and it's not even a spiritual matter. Have you ever been there before? Like if Regina and I are just driving past Dairy Queen and she says, hey, how does a blizzard sound? We should pop in. I'm like, amen. Y'all been there before, right? I mean, I'll put her name in on top of that. So be it. Let's go get ourselves a blizzard, right? But we say amen to a lot of different things as believers. And in Revelation 3.14, Jesus actually calls himself the amen. That's what he calls himself in Revelation 3.14. 14, and the word, y'all, it's never changed in its meaning. From the beginning, from the time that Jesus walked the earth until now, it's mean the very same thing. The word's never been retranslated. And whenever you look in the Old Testament, Moses would, Moses would actually read to the people, and they would always respond to what he said by saying, Amen. So what exactly does Amen mean? Let's look at it on the screen today. Amen means it is fact or so be it. It is fact, or so be it. So we're going to practice today saying amen. And I know a lot of y'all, you're pros at this, but some of you, maybe you've not been ameners. So I'm going to say a few different things. 
If you think to yourself, that's fact, I want you to say amen. Or if you are expectant and you believe that it's on its way, I want you to say amen, all right? Amen. (laughs) So here's the first one. Uh, We serve a good God. Amen. You guys are experts. Fantastic. Uh, Summertime in Mississippi is ridiculously hot. Uh, 2023 has been an amazing year for the church, but we expect 2024 to even be greater. So be it, right? Y'all got time for one more? A home phone is still better than an Android. Amen. It is fact. It is fact. But if you agree with something or if you believe something that you've heard, then you respond with amen. That's what we do. And, and Jewish rabbis actually would teach that you never say amen to something that you don't fully believe or something that you don't want to see take place in your life. And that's something that truly we need to be doing ourselves. We don't need to put our amens on things that don't line up with the word of God, right? Because whenever you're doing that, and the Jewish rabbis teach, listen, you're basically agreeing that what's been said is fact. And we've got to be very careful what we claim. We've got to be very careful what we agree with. We've got to be very careful with what we put our amen on top of, right? And I've even seen people before, you know, like somebody's, and sometimes you can maybe see people at work or just in, in the checkout line at the grocery store or something, and somebody's saying some stuff that it's not even right, but people are just like, yep, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And it's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. There might be parts of it that's right, but just be very careful what you agree with. Be very careful what you put your amen on, right? If you've ever experienced something and you know it's true, it's very easy to say amen, right? Because it's saying, yes, it's fact. So here's a question for you. Have any of us here seen every promise of God, every promise of God come to fruition in our life yet? Not yet. I think we can all say that. Not not every promise of God, and we know that there are tons of promises of God. But are we going to say amen to those promises even though we've not seen the fulfillment of all of them? So be it in our lives, correct? We want those to take place in our lives, you know, but we have to trust. We've got to have faith the way that Abraham had faith. And we've got to say amen to what's in his word. And we've got to believe that it's for our life today. Amen. Amen. How many of y'all have had small children before that they've heard something and man, they believed it. (laughs) Who, I mean, we had something the other day on the way from picking up the kids Somebody had said that all the gas in the world was going to be gone in a matter of a year. And so Cash and Audrey were like, are we getting an electric car? I'm like, no, we're not. What are we going to do? How are we going to get around? I'm like, who told you this? You know? And, and of, whoever the kid was that said this, it took the dad 20 minutes to convince the kids that the kid didn't know what he was talking about. You ever been there before? See, sometimes we believe the wrong report. And, and we got to believe the right report. Right. And so there's times that they've got that childlike faith and it's very hard to convince them that that's not the way it is. And the truth is, y'all, we often say amen to what others are saying. That's not truth rather than saying amen to the truth. 
We need to say amen to everything that he has spoken over us. We need to say amen to everything he has given us in this love letter to us. Come on, somebody. Uh, but, but many believers will agree to things that are not truth, that are spoken maybe even over them. Like this was the way your mama was, and that's the way you are. That's the way your dad was, and that's the way you are. You know, your family's always had a drinking problem. It just runs in the family. You know, you've had so many family members die of heart disease, you're going to be one of those as well. And you know what a lot of believers do? Yeah. They receive, they put their amen right on top of it. We don't put our amen on that type of stuff. Whose report are we going to believe? Come on, the report of the Lord, somebody. That, that's what we put our amen on top of, that I'm going to walk in divine health and healing. We put, you know, your, your family's always had, been walking in poverty from, from generation to generation. You're going to walk in it. No, 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 no. He's my Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. I, I depend more on him than I do my employer. I depend more on him than I do a banker. He is my source. So we have to be very careful what we put our amens on top of, and we have to put it on top of this word. Come on, somebody. But Abraham had to say amen to what seemed like an absolutely crazy promise that he was given from God Almighty. He had to put his amen on top of it. Had he not trusted God, he and Sarah never would have had a child. They never would have had a child. In 2 Chronicles, King Asa did something kind of foolish. He was in a place to where he was in a little bit of a uh, tight spot. And so what he does is, is, rather than trusting in the Lord, he goes to another king and he makes this treaty with this king as a way of protecting himself. And the prophet Hanani hears about it and he comes to the king, and actually the Lord spoke to Hanani, of course, and he comes to the king and he says this, he says, listen, since you relied on another king rather than trusting in the Lord, you're not going to win the battle that you were hoping to win. And Hananiah says this in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are halfway committed. Is that right? No, 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 no. No, no, no. In order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Fully committed to him. And the truth is, is if we want to see God move mightily in our life, if we want to see the blessings of God, the promises of God come to fruition in our life, which let me tell you, affect every aspect of your life, spirit, soul, body, kids, finances, I'm talking about every area of your life. If you want to see that take place in your life, you've got to be fully committed to God. None of this half in, half out kind of stuff. I'm talking all the way in. If I were to just be real blunt with you, I had a church member this week and, and was talking to him and, and, you know, just mentioned that I had some phone calls I had to make with people. And he said, sometimes that's probably draining, isn't it? And it made me think for a minute. And the truth is, is that a lot of times whenever people come and they need prayer, and I'm not saying all the time, please don't, don't receive it that way. Because we, we go through battles, Right. We go through battles from time to time. At the same time, we also get ourselves into battles that we never should have gotten ourselves into because we're not doing what we're supposed to do. And so a lot of the, the meetings that Regina and I have, the conversations that we have with people, it's just like, you're not fully committed to God. You're committed to God whenever you're in a bind. Y'all know what I'm talking about. 
it's kind of fourth quarter, let's drop to a knee and see if we can score this last touchdown to win the game kind of Christianity. You get committed whenever you're in a bind, but that's not the way our walk with the Lord's supposed to be. You're committed in the good times, you're committed in the bad times, you're committed all the time, right? But it says, the Lord searches the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Whenever you fully commit to God, whenever you fully walk in obedience as you're supposed to, you're going to see, just like Abraham, you're going to see the promises and the blessings of God come to fruition in your life. And it doesn't matter how your past looks. It doesn't matter how unqualified you feel. It doesn't matter how messed up your family is. It doesn't matter. If God's spoken it, it can be yours. Come on, somebody. So, so there's three things today that we're going to talk about we need to put our amen on top of. Three things that we need to say amen to in our lives. And the first thing is this, is God's nature. We need to say amen to his nature. In his word, God reveals who he is. And we truly need to say amen to it. He's the God of the impossible. That's the God that we serve, the God of the impossible. Y'all, he can create, he can bring dead things back to life, he can set free, he can heal. If you've got a need in your life, he is the answer to your need. If you've got any kind of problem, he is the answer to your problem. That's our God. And if we look back at verse 17, which we read a little while ago in Romans 4, it says, that is what the scriptures mean whenever God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Abraham believed in God's nature, and we need to as well. That he's a good God. That he cared for Abraham. Abraham believed, my God doesn't lie. Are we at that place? Because the truth is this, is that remembering the Lord's nature will get us through the hardest times of our life. The hardest times of our life. Listen, if you've ever walked through a season that, that was just dark, whenever you can embrace the truth that, that God loves you, that you remember that, rather than hearing the voice of the enemy that's trying to tell you, no, 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 God has, God's turned his back on you. Because that's what the enemy tells you whenever you're walking in dark times, right? But whenever you can get to that place of saying, no, 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 my God, loves me. My God cares for me. My, my God so loves me that he sent Jesus for me. That's how much he loves me. Whenever we say my God's for me and he's not against me, it's during those times that whenever we embrace and we say amen to his nature, that it will get us through the hardest moments of our life. And, and in those times, those times that seem almost like an impossible situation, we need to remember what the Lord spoke to the prophet Jeremiah in chapter 32, verse 27. This is God speaking. He says, I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples of the world. Is anything, come on, somebody say anything. Is anything too hard for me? There's nothing too hard for our God. Nothing too hard for our God. That's his nature to do the impossible, to do miracles, to provide, to do healings, to bring restoration in your life. He can change any situation instantly. Instantly. He's the God of the impossible, and we need to believe that. Secondly, we need to say amen to his promises. To his promises. In 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. They are yes 
in Christ. They are fact. Are God's promises for us? Yes. Put an amen on them so it can be a so be it in our lives. They're for us. In the book of Isaiah, he promised a newborn to a virgin. It seemed like the impossible, but God made that promise. And because of that, our Savior came to earth. He's a God of the impossible. He's a God who keeps his promises. Amen? Say amen to his promises. And y'all, let me tell you this. Don't let the opinions or what you see, the opinions of others or what you see around you change your mind. Amen? amen? Stick with what he's spoken to you. Stick to what he's written to you in this word. The truth is, is that God's already done his part. He's already done his part. So you know what that means? The rest is up to us. I mean, it's up to us, man. Don't, don't ever feel like God's let you down. No, he doesn't fail at any point. He's already done his part, but we've got to walk in our and do what we're supposed to. Verse 16 right here in Romans 4. So the promise is received by faith. It's given as a free gift as we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham's, y'all, we're certain to receive it if we have faith like Abraham's. The truth is this, is that what we believe in fact impacts our reality. What we believe impacts our reality. And so receiving the promise comes from whenever we actually believe the promise. We don't just say, well, there's promises of the Lord in this word. We actually have to believe the promises. We've got to do our part, right? And believe the promises. Y'all think about this. I mean, Abraham was really up in years whenever God spoke to him and said, you're going to have a child. God had a plan. He said, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. And so it was up to Abraham whether or not he was going to believe that promise. He said, Abraham, I'm going to make you a nation and nations are going to be blessed because of what I'm going to do through you. He said, Abraham, your descendants are going to be like the stars in the sky. I think this is very interesting that, that the Lord mentions the stars because, I mean, let's just be transparent. They didn't live in homes like us. So there's a good chance that at night while Abraham was sleeping, while he was getting ready for bed, while he's waiting to fall asleep, there's a really good chance that, that his view was stars. And see, during that time, he had a promise. But he was waiting for the fulfillment of the promise. And he was just reminded of what the Lord had spoken to him. And he was thinking to himself, I trust you, God. This is a representation of how my family's going to look. The stars in the sky. The Lord makes promises. Are, are, are we going to say amen to him? He said, Abraham, your descendants, they're going to look just like the stars. And he didn't let his age keep him from believing either. The truth is, is that he was 80 years old whenever he received the promise. 80 years old. Oh, and by the way, Isaac came whenever he was 100. But in addition to saying amen to his promises, we need to say amen to the words that have been spoken over us as well that we know are from God. I mean, there, there's promises in here, but listen, there's been words that have been spoken over some of y'all, and you're not real sure if they're ever going to come to fruition. They, they really bore witness with you whenever you heard them. 
And the truth is, and I'm just going to go ahead and I had this conversation. I want to mention this to you. There's sometimes whenever we might receive a word from someone and it just doesn't bear witness at all from you. I've had those happen to me, given to me. And, and as my dad said years ago, we just put those on a shelf. And if they're of God, then they'll come at the right time. Don't get an opinion about it. Don't say, well, that's not of God. That guy missed God. Just, just put it on the shelf. And God, if it's for me, awesome. If it's not for me, then that's okay. I mentioned to y'all a few weeks ago that a word was spoken over my parents about this church by Pastor Lester Summerall, who indeed was a general in the faith. He's passed away now. And he spoke a word over my parents that seemed impossible. And the Lord spoke to me about three, three and a half weeks ago. He said, Gene, he said, that word was for the church, not necessarily for your parents. In other words, Gene, if you thought I missed it, the church is still going. <laughs> and, and here lately, I've just been so jazzed. If I could just tell you how I feel, it's just like I'm seeing it come to pass. What the Lord spoke over my parents that was for this ministry, and I'm excited that I'm right in the middle of it. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> but he's the God of the impossible. We say amen to his promises. Amen. Amen. He'll make it happen. Step out in faith in what he's dropped in you. You got to take that first step. The third thing that we need to say amen to is his process. Listen, we know his nature, but we often, because we're human, we want our timing. Have y'all ever noticed that? We may have faith, but sometimes we don't quite have patience. And so we want to do things at our timing, whenever it's convenient for us, or we want God to move whenever we think it's best, but the truth is, he knows best. Come on now. Some people would say, why in the world did Abraham and Sarah have to wait so long? I don't know, but it was best. It was best, even for all of us today, it was best that he waited whenever he did. I mean, Sarah was 70 whenever she got the promise. She was 90 whenever she had Isaac. She's probably saying, Lord, why couldn't you have like done this 50 years ago? But God knew what was best. God knew what was best. And, and we may not understand why, but we just trust his processes. Come on now. We, we just trust his processes. I've seen him do too much in my life, y'all, over the years to not trust his way of doing things. Has anybody else been there before? You, you've seen him do so much that you're just at a place where you're just like, God, I, I trust you. Just like that word that was spoken over my parents. Of course, they would have loved to seen that word come to fruition instantly or within five years or even before they passed away. But we trust his processes because he knows what's best. If you were to look at Gideon, Gideon was faced with an impossible situation. You could say he had 30,000 soldiers and he was going to go into a hard battle. And the Lord tells Gideon, you got too many. Gideon's thinking to himself, because if you remember the story, Gideon was a scared cat. He wasn't ready to lead an army. He was hiding, as a matter of fact, in fear. But the Lord says, Gideon, you got too many men. And he starts whittling down his army. He went from 30,000 to 300. That's a pretty good reduction. Lord, could we not have stopped around 29.5? <laughs> no, no. He took them down to 300. 
But in the process, somebody say process. But in the process, God got glory. And for thousands of years, this was probably 3,000 years ago, during all of this time, that story has been building the faith of believers. Gideon may not have understood it, but aren't you glad we get to read about it and it gets to build our faith? And of course, because of Gideon's obedience and because of trusting God, Gideon was indeed victorious, was he not? But we trust his processes. So going back to Acts 4, verse 18, it says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Verse 20, Abraham never wavered. I want to tell somebody today, if you're wavering, be like Abraham. Stop wavering. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He brought glory to God. Come on, stand with me today, if you will. today, whenever there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. A word from God, y'all, changes everything in our lives. What he's written to us here, we have reason to have hope. Can somebody say amen to that? You know, hope for us is different from the world's version of hope. Whenever you don't know the Lord, sometimes you wish. Sometimes you say you hope this will take place. You wish this will take place. But for us, hope is different. Hope for us is the, the joyful anticipation of good. Come on, somebody. Because of the promises that God's given us, because of the words that he's spoken over us, because of him sending Jesus for us, we have reason to have hope. We have the reason to be joyful, anticipating good in our lives. Can somebody agree with that today? Can you put an amen on top of that? And some of you have been at a place to like where maybe you just feel like you've lost hope. Maybe life right now doesn't look like what you expected it was going to look like years ago. Maybe you felt like you were supposed to be here, but for some reason you're way out here. I, I want to tell you, first of all, God can make it all right. And it's going to look like what he wants it to look like because he understands what your Canaan, what your destiny is supposed to look like. So I want to just encourage you to just stick with him. Don't focus on what you're seeing. Don't focus on what other people are saying, but just stick with the word that he gave you. Amen. Like Abraham, though, we believe. We trust. We have faith. Again, we joyfully anticipate that good's coming. We just read it in verse 20, verse 21. Abraham was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Earlier, I said that if you want to walk in the fullness of God's blessings in your life, the fullness of the promises that he's given us, then we've got to be fully committed to him. Come on, do we do we believe that today? We got to be fully committed to him. Have we done our part? Are we fully committed to our God because he's done his part and his promises are yes. 
but we've got to put our amen on top of his promises, right? And, and over time, y'all, Abraham's faith, it actually just grew stronger is what the word told us. If you're walking in a time right now and it doesn't seem like things are working out, encourage yourself in the Lord. Go ahead and just tell the Lord, Lord, I still believe. Come on, whatever your situation is right now, somebody throw up a hand. Just tell the Lord, God, I still believe. Lord, I'm not going to stop believing. God, I trust you. Come on, we tell the Lord, Father, we still believe that you're a miracle-working God. Lord, we still believe that that child that doesn't know the Lord is coming into the kingdom of God. Lord, we still believe that our marriage can be restored in Jesus' name. God, we still believe that you are bringing that spouse into our life that we've been praying for for years. God, we still believe for the miraculous, God, for the healing in our bodies. Lord, because we know that you took stripes for our healing. God, we still believe today. Come on, so today we say amen to his nature, do we not? Come on, to his nature we say amen. To his promises we say amen. To his processes we also say amen. Come on, give God some praise today. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.